This is Secrets of the Holographic Universe with Carl Vibe, Part 2. So the Sonic Tribe knows that from about April until August, I was extremely manic. And during that time, I solved Einstein's God equation, figured out how Tic Tacs fly, and started the intellectual groundwork and the mental gymnastics to figure out how to generate an electromagnetic field that would separate us from our Higgs field, render us massless, and allow us to fly like the Tic Tac spaceships that the Navy has confirmed really exist. And the Sonic Tribe knows that when I get really, really manic, I get really, really smart. But on the other hand, when I come down from being manic, I get really depressed and and really, really dumber. Like, way dumber. But it's kind of cool for a couple reasons, because I'll listen to it again and I'll think to myself, man, that guy's fucking smart. And then I feel kind of nice, the warm little fuzzy reassurance that I'm not manic. That is a fact. But when I got really low in August, after being manic for like three months straight, Singularity Mike gave me the audio for the interview that we'd done on his YouTube channel, The Singularity Lab. And so I split it up into some podcasts and I was able to share that with you while I recovered. And during that interview, there was a panel of folks who were commenting and asking questions. And one of those panel members was Carl Vibe. And despite the fact that we're polar opposites, he and I hit it off pretty well. And he invited me to an interview on his show to talk about sonic gravity in the holographic universe and especially if you have kids you probably know carl he is a legit youtube influencer his youtube channel carl the crusher formerly carl and ginger has about three million subscribers millions and millions of views and some really great family content He's pretty much the quintessential American cool dad and family man, but he's got a real heart for spiritualism and cultural anthropology and his fellow human beings. He's got tons of empathy, and if I was being totally honest, I would probably have to admit he's pretty much in many respects the polar opposite of me. The really interesting thing is that he and I come from complete polar opposites in terms of the way we think and the things, the way we see the universe, but the really interesting thing is that we kind of end up at the exact same place and that is a fact because he's kind of a tie-dyed hippie talking about one universal consciousness but when you think about it i'm a bipolar autistic psychopath talking about how we're all sitting on the surface of a 2d hologram like a slice of cheese bent around into an orb where the 2d surface of the hologram is encoding a 3d universe inside and our consciousness is merely energy on the surface of this black hole where we embody the law of conservation of information as we record time in our memories and our dna when you think about it the surface of that black hole is a unified consciousness then even though we're intellectually and our personalities are totally different we're kind of ending up at the exact same place and he and i spoke for two hours and it went by in a blink so i asked him for the audio i chopped it up into five sections and so i'm publishing these as just a few extra bonus podcast episodes but i encourage you especially if you have kids to check out carl the crusher carl's a really good dude and he's got some really good family content so i really hope you enjoy the sonic gravity presentation of the carl vibe show and here's part two Okay, so, and 
Yeah, I'm sorry. That was a long way to get to your question. No, yeah, it's great. Yeah, because um, so in terms of critical thinking, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, okay, what do I know? I know they're taking off like bullets. I know they're cornering in ways that like if they had mass and you cornered like that, like your brain would squish into your skull. You know what I mean? Like you, you couldn't even if you were in a suit that was full of water or whatever, like there's no way your body could sustain that. And, you know, even if it was just a drone with like a machine, you're talking about forces that would crush metal. You know what I mean? So, so, so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking the only way I can think first, my first assumption is it's real, right? That it's not some kind of like, you know, trick cameras or whatever. So I begin with an assumption that it's real. My second assumption is that physics applies, right? So, Now I'm thinking, okay, the only way it can corner like that, whether it's alien or us, is if it has no mass. It can't have mass because it can't have gravity. It can't, it can't feel G's when it corners, or it just couldn't do that. And so then the only question is, well, how do you get rid of mass? How do you actually shed your mass? And so I started looking at YouTube and I started teaching myself quantum physics. And So, and I learned about the Higgs string and I learned about gravity and I learned about how Einstein said, you know, gravitational force of, you know, the, 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 uh, inertia of mass, the force of gravity from mass and the force of gravity from inertia are exactly the same. That's what Einstein said. And so the whole thing is, is how do we get rid of our mass? And so this is when I'm like, okay, so where do we get mass from? I think we get it from the Higgs field. And mm-hmm. so the way we have to get rid of our mass is to somehow separate ourselves from the link that ties us to sort of our slice of cheese, our slice of time. Yeah. And so like if you, and if you think about a swing, right? And everybody who talks about this, you're talking about plasma and convergence and all that's all wrong. Like there's no way you're going to create a magnetic field strong enough to like shove, to fight the Higgs string and shove it off. You can't beat it that way. So if we can, we can drop our mass to zero, if we can decouple from the Higgs field, because then the universe won't know that our particles have any mass. So then our matter won't have mass. And the only way to do that is like a swing. You have to load it with a resonance with a harmonic load. And you can think of it like you're pushing your kid on a swing, right? You push them out and they swing out and then they come back and then you push again and they swing out and come back. And so you can't like, cause if you think if you push at the wrong time, right? Like those, if they were swinging back right to you and then you pushed, you would totally like totally destroy the energy, right? You'd, right. they would think your, your kid would think that you sucked at swings. You'd like push them and it would hurt and they'd fall out. You know what I mean? Like that's not right. So, so we, the first thing that we got to realize is that we got to use a, a pulse, like an impulse. We got to push it. So it goes out and comes back and then push it again and goes out and comes back. And it, when you do that, it's called resonance. Right. And there's all kinds of examples of that. Like if you take a piece of porcelain and there's a, like a, And nobody do this. Like, don't, you didn't hear it from me. Okay. But it's really cool if you do it. So like you take a piece of porcelain and if there's, if there's tempered glass, the frequency of vibration internally of that tempered glass, it matches exactly the frequency of the uh, structure, the molecular structure of porcelain. So if you take a piece of porcelain and just throw it at a piece of glass, it will go through it like a bullet. It will go through it just like butter. 
Yeah. And so, so that, cause it instantly achieves resonance and it busts the glass instantly. And so it's the same thing. Like we're going to push and it's going to come back. We're going to push again. And eventually it's going to swing so far that we're going to dump that kid out of the swing and we're going to decouple our Higgs field. And, and once we decouple our Higgs field, what's going to happen is, is those Higgs bosons that we bust out of our atoms, they're actually going to go back. Like the, cause the mass is being held back by the cheat, by the cheese. Right. And right. so, so we're going to go forward in time normally, but our Higgs bosons, the quantum echo is what I call it. All of the Higgs bosons that get jacked out of our atoms are going to be in the past. Right. And so that, that's why I think that um, when we see many, now some of them could be aliens. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that there are, that, I mean, when you think of the, like, like just how many worlds there are, I think there are probably some, but the ones that I'm seeing, the Tic Tacs that are flying around in our Navy's training areas, I am certain that those are quantum echoes, like many of them are quantum echoes of future travel. And so Mm -hmm. what you have though is, is you have a quantum echo, which essentially like in the future, we break off the Higgs bosons and they're kind of trailing behind us, right? Okay. And so we don't have any mass where we're at. And so we're zipping around, right? But there's a quantum echo in the past that's also zipping around, right? And right. think, and remember we talked about tension in the Higgs string. Which we talked about this. This happens even in the uh, the hadron colliders and stuff when they're testing and looking at the Higgs boson particles and fields. They get you. You get these trace uh, evidence of the separation of the particles and the photons and things of the collision before the collision even occurs, which means that there's like a, an echo, almost like a precognitive echo of the event before it even happens. Mm -hmm. Somehow it defies time and there's a resonance that occurs in the present moment before the collision even occurs. And you see that, which I almost wonder has, if that has to do with this idea of, superposition at its closest form like uh, right up looking at it really really close you see the that elements of like how two something can be in two places at once almost and that doesn't even mean in just our plane but through the different planes of time even in the past so so you're saying that maybe these ufos Mm -hmm. that we're seeing is like is a quantum echo or resonance sort of like a shadow of future of us uh, in the future Oh, okay. Future space travel. So yeah. we're we're leaving like a wake behind in our own past with our future deep space program. In oh. our future, we're leaving Damn, it in the past. Dude. And it's our it's it's not it's their past, but it's our present. And so I, I think and I'll I can talk about this a little bit later because I was actually thinking about it and like my brain was going really fast. Yeah, sorry this afternoon. No, <laughs> no, just, no. I cool. think I just kind of got caught up to some of what I've been hearing on your podcast. I'm like, oh yeah. okay. Okay. I no, get but you're it. right. You're exactly it, right. It's like it's, sparks it's, off of an anvil, but imagine when you get at the subquantum level that before the hammer even hits the steel, you realize that there's an emanation of, of there's uh, a spark there's a spark that comes off before the anvil's even struck and you go, mm-hmm. wait a second, there's something sub quantum outside of time that's echoing back and showing me strike the hot steel before I even hit it. Then yeah. you have to stop and think that maybe time and physical reality isn't as fixed as we think, or we've been told. Yeah. Or maybe it all exists all at the same time. And cause when you think about mm. the past controls the future, 
but the future controls the past too. So if you feed like chocolate and strawberries into a machine and you get chocolate covered strawberries coming out in the future, there's kind of two ways to look at it. Because if you're in the future and you look at chocolate covered strawberries, okay, that controls the past. There had to be chocolate and strawberries get fed into that machine. But if you look at the past where you feed the chocolate and strawberries into the machine in the future, chocolate covered strawberries have to come out. And so in many ways, the, the past could exist at the, with the future, they could coexist at the same time. And you're exactly right. And th- just what you said about the Hadron Collider, that was my initial, that's where I caught onto it. That's the thought. The stuff I'm telling you right now is stuff that sort of evolved as I was sort of critically thinking about it as we go. But the very first inclination I had that it could be us from the future is that you're exactly right. In the Hadron Collider, when those particles hit, like and and the um, strong nuclear forces busted, and all of these particles go out all over the place. What they were seeing was that the Higgs boson would appear in space before the collision would happen, and then the collision would happen on top of it. And so I'm just like, maybe it's sending. Maybe the collision happens in the future, and the, the Higgs boson sends it back to the past. And so then I'm like, hey, what if all of these? Once we decouple this Higgs field. What if all these Higgs bosons in the atoms of our spaceship jump into the past the same way they do in the Hadron Collider? Because that would be awesome. You know what I mean? If that's what happens, it it could happen. And the interesting thing is, though, is remember we talked about like how when you launch in a rocket and the speed slows your time, but the leaving the gravity well speeds your time up. And the more tension there is in this in that stream, you know, then the more gravity, the more G's you feel. But so that's the curvature of time that causes gravity. And so imagine the insanity of the gravity that would happen if you threw the mass of a spaceship back in time. Mm. That would be insane. There would be so much gravity there that, I mean, it would just be mind boggling. The curvature of time where the mass of a spaceship is who knows how far back in time. That would be a wicked, wicked amount of gravity. And right. that's why I think that would be enough gravity. I think that could be like a black hole's worth of gravity. Hmm. And that's why I think that when we're seeing these quantum echoes, we're, that's negative energy density that would be required to hold open a wormhole. And right. that's why I think when we're looking at these quantum echoes, if that's what they are, then we're really looking through a wormhole at our future. And I think... A lot of times, like sometimes you'll see images of these like UAPs and UFOs and there'll be these bright white, there'll be a night and there'll be a bright white like thing, right? Well, That's I what think, I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Personally. I think it's, yeah, I think it's because it's daytime on the other side of that wormhole. Oh. And sometimes, sometimes you'll see them, they'll be red and you know, these go, I think it's because it's dusk on the other side of that wormhole. I've even seen a couple where it was like, you know, bubbles or whatever. And it was dark and it was casting like a dark shadow. I think it's because it's night on the other side of that wormhole. Hmm. So, so maybe in the daytime, yeah. that's why everybody sees them as the stealth black objects in the sky. It's if really it's more, nighttime, it's really more just like a pocket of counter space in reality or like a void opening in <laughs> almost like you would see like bubbles on of carbonation on the glass or something. We would see a bubble in our reality. Yeah, like a a wormhole, but these craft are creating this bubble, and so we see it just as a 
ball of light or sunshine or plasma coming through or whatever, or just that energetic rim. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so fascinating. Yeah, and think about this. Now, now cow mutilations make a lot more sense because if hmm. you have if you have a quantum echo of something going through a field, right? And in our time, a cow wanders up to it, right? That gravity would pancake that cow in a second. You know what I mean? Hmm. That envelope of gravity that I believe, like, so I turn on my um, you know, my essentially anti-grav field right? Disassociates the Higgs bosons. Higgs bosons fly into the past, creates a massive amount of gravity around that craft. Because I mean, if you think about it in terms of like, you know, closed universe, you can't have, you can't create or destroy matter or energy. And so since there's matter in that time, it has to be enclosed in a sphere of negative, of, uh, you know, negative energy, negative energy density. Right. So it equals out. So you're not defying any laws of physics. So but if, if that thing got excuse me, if that thing got close to a cow, like if a cow just got kind of interested and like walked up to it. Right. I mean, it would pancake that cow. I mean, it would just like shred it, you know. And so I think when you yeah. think about cow mutilation, it might just kind of be an accident. Sorry. You know, I mean, yeah. And be. if it was somehow anomalously from a distance or from above, it could it may not pancake it, but it could leave like trace like uh gamma effects or some microwaves or cook it in some weird way or create pockets in it <laughs> like bubbles of you know parts yeah. of it mis- missing in a weird way uh yeah that's really interesting so do you and- think these these locations like like if i'm over around area 51 it could be i might be seeing current test things flying over but also if there's like in the vast future if that's an an advanced military base over there in Area 51 in our distant future, then there would be echoes all over the sky that would look like UFOs just because of the trace uh, residue in our time, almost like the exhaust in the past that's kind of left off uh, from the future base that's at Area 51 that isn't there yet. So that's so mind-blowing. It starts really getting crazy. And so, I mean, but the thing is, is there's so much stuff we could do right now to know exactly what's going on. Because say the Air Force, right? Because everything we do right now is a time capsule to the future. So if the Air Force wrote like, you know, a regulation that says, okay, whenever you do quantum travel, it's got to be over here, right? We could write that right now, put it in a safe, and then... In the future, whenever we do quantum travel, it's always right there. Yeah. See what I mean? If if they they could shape the future by doing something right now, mm-hmm. and maybe they already have. If they're smart, they already have. I mean, because I would be like, hey, we can't have you flying these like craft everywhere and like, you know, wrecking us, you know, so you got to do it over here. And so yeah. then like if we wrote that, it would be a time capsule. So in the future, they're like, oh, well, we better do that so we don't crash it. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of really, really interesting things um, that could happen. And I have like on my on my website, I found some footage from, I think, 2011. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a craft, right, that is like this fishing boat saw. And the really interesting thing is you can see Tic Tacs zipping out of it. OK. Right. And so and then it goes into the water. And if you frame by frame it, you'll see that it doesn't splash normally, that the shadow is bigger than the craft. And 
that makes perfect sense to me because sort the of. field is bigger than the craft. And when the field goes down, right, and then it like sinks even deeper, if you frame through it, you'll see the water looks like a circle, like an orb, if you, mm. if you flame through it. And then it goes, it goes deeper in, and then there's this orb right here, and then the water kind of fooshes up like this. So when it hits, it doesn't spray water in front of it. It, it goes in and there's like an orb and it's like the gravity is probably just sucking up all that water and then when, and water's incompressible. So, I mean, that's like, you know, that's fluid dynamics. Water's absolutely incompressible. There's no way to get it like denser yeah. than it is. And so when it, when the, when the craft goes down, you know, it's, it's, it's forcing new water in that can't be compressed. And so it's shoving the old water out. And, but the, so it's, it's not actually, I don't think it's the craft that's displacing the water. I think it's the water that's shoving the other water out of the, out of the gravity field. Right. See what I mean? Yeah. But it's so interesting. And I talked about, um, in another episode, I talked about called American chrononauts, because if you think about it, say you have, say it is a wormhole. And so you get in your tic-tac and you spin it up, right? Your quantum echo jumps into the past, okay? So now your Higgs bosons are in the past, connected by a wormhole to you in the future. Okay, so now I jump in my tic-tac and you know what? I'm like, right on. And I just hit the gas, head right for you, go through you because my, uh, my field is up. I have no mass. I pass yeah. through you, out your wormhole, now I have my ship in the past. Like I am physically in the past. Right. And, and I think in that way, time travel is possible. Like you could physically go back in time. See, that's what I was going to ask you is how that works then. Cause you have so many of these sightings of the craft that aren't just like balls of light or orbs of plasma or like a window in space time, but they're claims that they come down and land or abduct people or actually get out or it starts to, crossover into this kind of paranormal realm where you get skinwalkers and poltergeists and shadow figures and things like that. So, but uh, from what I've heard on your podcast, that's not even outside of the question, especially mm -hmm. if you jump into the idea of the nature of reality as a whole, just being something where we're falling through an illusion of a black hole and our perceptions are just an illusion. So we can get into all of that too here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so how do you explain the UFOs that seem to land or things get out of them and entire schools of children run up and see little critters uh, that get out, yeah. creatures that oh. run around? So how does that work? Are they So they're coming through windows of time and actually landing or are they like yeah. the, the echo somehow splits off and then there's an anomaly where it physically manifests and can crash? Or maybe they're sending them back on purpose, like let's just crash something in Roswell and give ourselves a heads up against our enemies back during the cold war or something interesting. So that, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so, okay. So what, what we're beginning with the, the premise, right. That we can yeah. generate a field, an electromagnetic field, which I think we can, that right. like a swing, we bust off the Higgs bosons. Okay. And so then our, 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 um, the Higgs bosons, the gravitons essentially of our, out of our atoms throws a quantum echo of our spaceship in the past. So, we're we're here in the future right and then we th we are past like you know here's the past and so it's like a wormhole right right and so because of all the gravity like and you so created a straw or like a water slide yep. like a yep 